Welcome to Badgedamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Pennyman. Welcome, everybody, to Badgedamia. We are on our sixth season, and uh, we're going to do this season a little bit different. We have a different format for the show because we are innovators, and we're constantly trying to find ways to give you a good experience. So Danielle, what's up? Not much. New year, new podcast format. You betcha. Mm-hmm. New year, new us. New, new year, year, new us. us. Yes. I I love fresh starts. I love the fresh start of a new season of The Bachelor. I love the start of a new year. Yep. New week, new month. I'm in. I got my planner filled out thanks to Danielle, the clever yeah. fox, which yeah. uh I have it right here. Danielle, would you like to give, what is your recommendation if people are trying to get their stuff together for Periwinkle Blue, by the way? Periwinkle uh, Blue is a good choice. Well, it was a, a shout out to the movie Snatch. Like, I don't know if you remember when they were going to buy Brad Pitt, the uh, RV, and they're like, what color? He's like, Periwinkle Blue. Um, so that's a kind of so uh what what would you recommend danielle because you are the the foremost expert i've ever met on planners if somebody was like i want to get my crap together this year what planner would you recommend this is free advice by the way people i would say i would recommend any planner that you're going to use but i think i don't think i could offer a generalized planner recommendation because i think that um different people's brains need different layouts and so you need to find one that works for you um that is the answer of a true expert right when you try to get someone to who really knows their stuff and you're like give me a two-word answer and they're like i can't that's when you know they actually are talking about well i also i mean i've tried to use planners that um for example any sort of vertical layout doesn't work for me mm-hmm. and so like i won't use it and then I'll think that there's like something wrong with me. And then I'll like realize that it's just the wrong format. And so like, I think that finding the right format for you is really, really important. Um, I think that if you wanted to get your crap together, though, the best thing that you could do is get in the habit of every single morning listing your top three tasks for the day. That if if you were to only get three things done and to make yourself feel accomplished, what would those three things be? And I think that if you could get in the habit of doing that, I think it would make a huge, like that alone is a game changer of a sort of daily practice. I love it. Nice. Yeah. What planner do you use? Um, I am using, I can, I can bring it right here. Nice. Um, I'm using, it is. Um, We've already gone totally off the format. <laughs> we already have. This is like not at all what we planned. Like your your um, new year resolutions. We, we are done. We, we, we're done. <laughs> we might talk about The Bachelor. Um, so this is an Inkwell Press um, cover with, um, I think, Inkwell Press discs. It's my first time trying a disc system. I can talk about this for a while. But inside of it is actually Moxie Live um, Horizontal. You can see I'm doing something kind of fun here. I have my appointments on one side. I have my tasks in the middle. And on the side, I have, I'm writing gratitudes. Nice. Yeah. So that's nice. All right. Should we get started? We can get started. <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm fascinated by your love of planners. Like I only care about the one that works for me. 
but it makes me so happy that there's someone in the world that is like that jazzed about planners. Well, I'm so, I think I'm really fascinated with how people navigate through like deciding what's important mm-hmm. and how people like organize their lives. I, I, and I'm, so I'm really fascinated why different things work for people and why things don't. I don't know. I think that that's what I find interesting. It's not necessarily like the planner. It's like how people use them. <laughs> that I think is interesting. I love it. All right. Speaking of organizing our lives, here we go. Question of the day. You are granted a magical power. You are given three options for theme music whenever you walk in a room. One is for when you're pumped up, like you're strutting in the room. You got the tiger by the tail. One is when you are pissed off and you are like coming in to really like throw down. And one is when you're very moody slash emo. What would your three songs be? Okay. So first off, this was a hard question for me because... (laughs) I'm like one of those people, like I cannot memorize lyrics to songs. Okay. Like I'll know the tunes. I never know the name of the song. I never know the artist of the song. Like I sing the wrong words to songs all of the time. So this is hard for me, but I, so I probably go with, (laughs) I have terrible taste in music is what you're going to learn from this. My pumped song would be Taylor Swift, Shake It Off. No, I think that's a good, that's, that is legit. I dance to it, you know, um, my angry one, I do not know who sings this, but, um, we used to like, I think play this before like volleyball games or something in high school. It's like the, let the bodies hit the floor. Oh yeah. You know, um, drowning pool. Okay, cool. What he said, let the bodies hit the floor by drowning pool. Yes. And then my moody emo would probably be like Adele's hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are, those are all legit. I like it. So, legit so my- if you're like almost 40, right? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my pumped push it by salt and pepper. Oh, that's a good one. And I recognize that that song is totally not about like, walking into a room and like pushing the issue it's it's a song all about sex i'm fine with it um my angry song would be hair of the dog by nazareth oh you're gonna have to sing messing with uh i also think when jesus comes back that should be his song that he plays (laughs) um my movie emo song would be 33 by smash chickens are Dark Parade by, or Black Parade by, um, by the guy from Blink-182. Uh, My Chemical Romance. Yeah. I think that guy was from Blink-182. There you go. Yeah. Again, really good, legit playlist for when you're almost 40. So Absolutely. Yeah. We got it covered. <laughs> All right. So part of the new format of the show is whoever is host one, which is me today, um, uh, you will give, they will give a two minute recap of what went down on the show. And so we are going to try not to be total faculty professors. And remember that co-host Kim is now just host Kim. And so next week she will be on. Um, and one of us will be host number one, one will be host two, and we'll rotate it through. So this will be fun for you all. You're going to get a different flavor every week. So, all right, I'm going to try not to be a faculty and talk too long. I'm going to give a two-minute recap of what happened. So put me on the clock. 
All know. right. Like, at gotcha. home, at home, put us on the. <laughs> Here we go. We're started out with Clayton, and he is uh, talking about why people would want him on the show, uh, even though we only got eight minutes of um, screen time. And apparently that is because he believes in the process. And that's all we learned about him in that thing. He likes his parents and he is from somewhere in Missouri. I forgot the name of it. Eureka, Missouri, I think. Eureka, yeah. Eureka, right. home of Six Flags, Missouri. Uh, so then Six Flags, St. Louis. Uh, it starts out, there's a girl on there um, and she uh, tells him, Sally, that she was going to get married and then her engagement process was the month. She says she can't be there to keep her. Uh, he tries to give her a rose and she says, I'm out. It was very awkward. Um, then the limos arrive. So I'm going to try to fly through here um, and uh, give you some different people. So Sarah stepped out. She is a wealth management. She gave him a token. Um, we got Lindsay, uh, who's from the South. Uh, Lindsay W, uh, a bartender Genevieve, who had beautiful teeth. Um, uh, NC, who's a wedding photographer, Susie, who's a spray tanner, Claire, who's an elementary school teacher, and Serene. Oh, I think I'm getting these wrong. Claire's a spray tanner, elementary school I teacher. Claire does not seem like an elementary school teacher to me. She was a bartender, NC is a sales manager, wedding photographer, Susie, Claire's a spray tanner, and uh, Serene was elementary school uh, teacher. Teddy, who is a surgical unit nurse, and she's also a virgin. Very important to know. Um, we've got Teresa, who's a human resource specialist. Uh, neonatal nurse, Lindsay. Uh, Daria showed up wearing a rose necklace. His name is Rose. Um, we've got, uh, let's see, Kate, um, who said something about nips. Um, took the little <laughs> bottle of nippers. Um, she's a real estate agent. We got Sierra, uh, who wanted to tie the knot. We've got personal trainer, Melina. Uh, we've got pediatric nurse Haley, which I think is a cool job. And she asked him a jar of pickles. Um, we've got Jill who brought the ashes of her ex-boyfriend, former Olympian Marlena, who is 30. Um, and she uh, was an Olympian for, it was Japan in fencing or no, no, Haiti in the 400 meter dash. I'm thinking of somebody else. Um, we've got uh, retiree Holly, who actually is apparently just there for the uh, bachelor old balls or whatever they're calling it. And she introduced Rachel, the flight attendant. We've got Ivana, the bar mitzvah dancer, uh, um, who was a physician and showed up in her sexy physician outfit. Uh, we've got entrepreneur, Mara. uh, we've got marketing manager, Eliza. And then we've got Gabby who brought him a pillow. She's an ICU nurse, uh, real estate advisor, Elizabeth, HR specialist, Hunter, uh, occupational therapist, Samantha, uh, executive recruiter, Cassidy, um, and 29 year old Shanae who crushed, she drove up in the truck and crushed the other little bitty truck. So at the cocktail party, we've got a whole bunch of people talking. Uh, he kisses Teddy first. Um, and I think, did Teddy get the first rose? Mm -hmm. Teddy got the first rose and Teddy is 
very cute and has a very nice smile. Um, Kira checked his heart and said she was going to give him a physical for any of the women listening. I'm sure physicals for you are not sexy. They are also not sexy for men. Um, <laughs> your balls violated while you turn your head and cough and then a finger up to check your prostate is not sexy at all. Um, we had someone translate some German. The big things that happened um, is that Claire, um, they talked about their football team uh, and then she was having him eat wings and then he left and then she said she hated him. And then someone came back and said, you should talk to her uh, because she said she hated you. And she said, no, I don't hate you. <laughs> I just feel like we didn't click. It's on her home which was amazing. Um, he talked with Genevieve who has great teeth. Uh, and then let's see, we did the rose ceremony. Um, and he kept Serena, Susie, Eliza, Rachel, Lindsay, Sarah, Kate, Cassidy, Elizabeth, Kira, Shanae, Sierra, Mara, Marlena, Genevieve, Melanie or Melina, Gabby, Jill, Lindsay, W Hunter, and Tessa. Woo-hoo. If I if I was more than two minutes, send hate tweets to our account. We love a good hate tweet. So good thoughts. Anything? So it was okay. I will say, um, there's been a lot of criticism on the internet about like all of the girls looking alike, mm-hmm. and I think that some of this is sort of race related, right? That they feel like the franchise has been trying to have more diverse contestants. This season feels like a reversal of that. Mm -hmm. But I will say, I actually thought that there was some, I one, I think that there's always similarities in appearances because they're oftentimes attractive people and there's some, um, patterns in terms of what we find attractive oh yeah yeah attractiveness is universal like somebody who's attractive in a different country would likely still be thought of as attractive here so yeah yeah and so like I don't know that I felt like this season they looked any more or less similar Mm -hmm. than usual in terms of attractiveness in fact I thought that there are more women with interesting noses this season than you typically see. Okay. So that's like my hot take. Interesting noses in what way? There's, you know, they just wear like all your little button noses. Um, Genevieve has an interesting nose. There's a blonde. um, I can't think of her name right now, but like she had an interesting nose and I was like, ah, there's some interesting noses. Interesting. I think Clayton and I are, are on board. I I like big nose. I think bigger noses are attractive. I think Clayton and I are are on that like on that long pointy nose. I like them. Good deal. But yeah, so like I just I just was like I'm I'm into the, like I don't know. I've I'm rocking a bigger nose. But like I thought that that was like an interesting. I appreciated. I did not notice that, but now I'm going to be looking at it all season. Absolutely. You should. But yeah, I mean, I thought that the girls were really, um, really anxious, you know, and you see this a lot. And I think that it is hard as someone watching 
you're like, well, you just got here. Like if you go home, like I understand that maybe that like affects your ego or something, mm-hmm. but it is hard to realize that they probably have given up some career opportunities to be here or, you know, like they've probably given up some things to be on the show. Um, and so it probably does feel a lot more intense than like, as you're watching it, you're like, why are you freaking out about whether or not you get a rose? Like, there's no way you have that much of a connection with this guy. yet, Right. Yeah. It's gotta be a lot of it has to do with, um, not wanting those. Right. Yeah. Was it Lindsay that had the interesting nose? I think so. That sounds right. At her. She has uh, Lindsay Windham. Yeah. Okay. So, as part of the new uh, way the show goes, we're going to talk about three concepts instead of going through like a breakdown of the whole show because there are a whole bunch of podcasts that you can do that. Um, so, we want to talk about concepts that maybe we have some expertise in or that we thought was interesting. So here's the first one I got for you, D3. Um, who are the front runners from this episode? And why? Uh, so one of my questions about that was he has a subdued energy. He needs someone who's vivacious as opposite. I didn't feel like there was a lot of women who came off as kind of like subdued, but I guess you got to kind of put your best foot forward. So, um, what I would sort of say is in terms of front runners, I try to do this ignoring a lot of people feel like we've already seen who the front runners are because of spoilers. Right. And um, so I tried to just ignore that and go with who mm-hmm. I thought from this first episode. So one, I would start with Teddy just because I think that the first impression rose is really important. A lot of people have chosen the person that they give their first impression rose to. Um, and so I think that that like matters. Um, the other person that I thought, and I, now I need to look was Rachel is what I had written down. So Rachel is a flight instructor. And I have to say, I actually don't like Rachel. I don't know. Yes. Really? Yes. There's something that like doesn't rub me right about Rachel, but I felt like they had a good connection. I really liked Rachel. First yeah. off, I think flight instructor is a pretty badass job. Um, second, I just thought she seemed nice. Wow, she does seem nice. Okay, I, there's something about um, there's something about her that didn't rub me right though. Okay, that's um, I I'm trying to maybe articulate it better. I think she's really pretty. Um, I think that she seems like smart enough, right? Like, you know, like I just, there's something about, cause she did the weird thing with bringing Holly on and, <laughs> you know, like, and I don't know, there's this way that she's kind of playing up. Like I'm a flight instructor. Isn't that sexy that like, I don't know. I didn't like, I felt like the thing with Holly was probably nothing with her. And everything to do with them trying to like pimp that show out. And so they were like, show of hands, who wants to have an old person come out and introduce you? And she was like, I guess me. So <laughs> I, I agree. That doesn't feel like something that a decision she probably made on her own. And then my third person was Gabby. And I think 
I actually wish I could I would have had time to go back and watch it a second time. So Gabby is an ICU nurse. But we're busy people. We can't just spend all of our time rewatching The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Y'all, I have to submit a book manuscript tomorrow. Um, otherwise, I probably would watch it for a second time. But um, so if I remember right, I think that Gabby is the person that is like, um, maybe was like an NFL cheerleader and now works as a nurse. And I just, I thought that she was cheerful <laughs> and she seemed nice. And I could see the two of them connecting. She was the first NFL, uh, first female and NFL cheerleader in the history of the award, which has traditionally been given to NFL players. She won the Pop Warner Humanitarian Award. Awesome. Yeah. She just seemed like, um, I could see her and Clayton having a lot in common. I dig it. She, uh, her and Duvernay Tarnif, Tarnif, who is a doctor for the Chiefs, both both left their jobs to take care of people during the pandemic, and that's why they won it. So, so you know, she she doesn't suck as a human being, right? So I agree with your first two; those were my two. Okay, uh, but so I, I had one of the things I had in there was kind of about he he has a very subdued energy. You know, he's kind of quiet. He's smiley. He doesn't, um, he doesn't, you know, throw himself out there. And I was, my kind of question was, does he need somebody who's the opposite? And, you know, we've talked about on here, the research is that you're likely to be happy if you marry someone who's very similar to you, but you can have complementary opposite traits. So the example I always use is uh, Elaine manages all of our money. And I am totally fine with that because I don't want to do it. It's not fun. Um, and so in that way, we're really opposite and she really likes it, but it doesn't bother me. So the question really is, what does he want? What does the person want? Do they want someone who's um, willing to go out and do lots of stuff and or, or take the lead on things? Or um, does he want someone more like him? And so in that way, I felt like, um, the flight attendant, what was her name again? The Rachel, the flight instructor, Rachel, um, was much more subdued like him. Mm -hmm. I felt like she was more quiet. And so I feel like in that way they would match up well. Um, and then Teddy, I thought was more outgoing, but he seemed to really be attracted to her and they seemed to have a really good comment. Genevieve was my other one. Um, and yeah. I felt like they, uh, when they were talking, they seemed to have a lot of interest together. Um, and he is a medical sales rep, I think is what he is, what I read about him. And so aside from the jokes about medical sales reps and them all being really attractive women and, you know, they're pushing stuff. I think you do have to be pretty smart to do that job because you have to converse with a doctor and explain to them why this is the best thing. And I have no idea if Genevieve is really smart or not, but I believe her job is a bartender. Is that right? That sounds right. I think so. And so my only concern about that was, are they going to have enough in common, um, you know, that, that, that would work out. So. I had Genevieve was up there for me too. And 
I do think that there's something about their energy, kind of like you were saying, that matches each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something that's interestingly, like she's kind of interestingly serious. Um, Genevieve? Yeah. Yeah, she was. She's very smiley, but doing serious stuff the whole time. Yeah, and I think that he's kind of like that. You know, when you said that he's subdued, I sort of see him as like, you know, you're like, he's subdued, but he's really smiley. But I do think that there's something he takes, he does take this process really serious mm-hmm. too. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Genevieve was kind of is up there for me too. And maybe some of his front runners, I do I, think that maybe finding someone playful for him would be good. But you do see someone like Claire. I think part of the reason that they clashed and she like hated him is because she does. I think it depends on there are different types of outgoing personalities. Right. And she's kind of this like brash kind of outgoing. And I think that there is like that kind of outgoing. But then there's like kind of bubbly. Right. Petty outgoing, which are very different sorts of vivaciousness. And I don't think that he meshed very well. Like. I don't see him with someone that has a little bit of like Queen Victoria's personality. Yeah, I I was thinking about that too. So I think that there is a outgoing person and then there is an outgoing person that needs to be in the lead. And I think that was Claire's thing was that she had to like, she was driving that whole interaction. And, you know, like when they were talking about wings and she's like, what one's your type of wings? And he said that she's like, oh, great. Then you can have those. I'll have all the flats. And it's like, she's like, and I think she was just rubbing him the wrong way in that way. And then basically saying she hated him, which, you know, I don't think she really hated him. I think it was just a very flippant remark that she was saying, and she was probably a little intoxicated, but you know, if someone's going to say it in that setting, they're probably a whole relationship. And you got to either decide if you're going to be able to just be like, ah, that's who they are, whatever, not or if it's going to rub you the wrong way. I'm. I did like appreciate in some ways that she was like, look it, I'm not feeling it. I think she probably would have chosen to go home by the end of the evening, even if he hadn't asked her to go home. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of like appreciate, cause sometimes I feel like, people are kind of playing the game. And so even if they don't like necessarily feel a connection with him, they're going to like, they still like want to win or like, you know? And so like, I kind of appreciated that, but I I agree with you. Like, I didn't feel like her saying that she hates him. Like it was her being hyperbolic. It was like her being dramatic. Um, I think that's a huge red flag. Um, But I don't necessarily, I just, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think people do that and it is to, it's a, it's a limit to people to see if they're going to be pushed away easily. So I think it's a, like, like, I'm going to see if I can push you away. And if not, then you've passed my test. I don't think it's a good test. I think it's, you know, we, we act around patterns and I think that's people develop that pattern and it's kind of like their way of being like, are you going to hang out with me? You know, are you going to be able to tolerate me? So, all right. Biggest drama starter and why? So, okay. So we were just talking about Genevieve and I think that Genevieve might be involved in drama. 
I don't know if shit starter. He's not one that's like, those are my beads. Nice sash. Yeah, that's a Cinderella reference, by the way, from the Disney one. Um, or so she's not gonna like like go out and actively do it, but she'll be involved, is what you're saying. I don't think that she's gonna be a drama starter like Queen Victoria, right? Mm -hmm. But I do think that she might be a drama starter because I think she's gonna be jealous. Mm. So Um, she will be like the sisters from Cinderella. Uh, yeah, they're, I mean, the way that they communicate their jealousy might be different than her, her way of doing it, but I just sort of see her as being involved in it in some way. I also put down, um, Elizabeth and Kate. Okay. And so maybe I messed this up. Okay. Okay. Maybe I was, okay. So Kate was the nip one who came in and did like the nip thing and took Mm -hmm. the shot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, if you're like bold enough to do that, (laughs) right. Like, I think that she kind of shows that she might like to stir things a bit. And then I think Elizabeth, if remind me, she was like one of the first people that they showed and she's like a real estate agent. And she's like, I get what I want or whatever. Am I confusing her? Kate is the real estate agent. So is Elizabeth. Okay. There's so many, there's a lot of real estate agents on this one. And I, if like the housing market's just down and like, well, around there. Yeah. Um, there's also lots of nurses. This is, I yeah. think actually the medical field batch data did some, uh, you know, pulled out them based on occupation and the most, um, common occupation this season is actually in the medical field. Well, and I wondered if that had to do with his job, right? And also, if he's like, you have to relocate, like two jobs where you can relocate pretty easy, be a real estate agent and a nurse, right? Like right now, if you're a nurse, you can go anywhere in the country and they'll, yeah. So I think it could also be that, you know, if they're looking for a plot line where someone is sort of like this hero that has like helped in the pandemic, like um, Gabby, right? I think that that, you know, like that's, that's an interesting thing at this moment, right? Right. Like with everything happening with COVID, putting people that have been working in the medical field, or like maybe just a lot of people in the medical field applied right now, because they're like, I need to get out. (laughs) I'm out. I don't want to. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. After you said that, I was like, maybe the nurses are just like, I'm done. We've been horribly mistreated. Um, So I have a, my spoiler or my conspiracy theory is the flight instructor, which you all know I am horrible with names. Um, I think she's going to be a shit starter. I think so too. Yep. I think she is going to be somebody who comes off very nice, but I think she is going to talk behind people's backs and she's going to get jealous. Um, yeah. Maybe that's what rubbed me wrong. Yeah, you have a much better radar for that because there's Maybe. no, yeah. We'll see. I feel like girls are better at judging like what girls are going to be a problem, you know? Like women are better at judging other women. I think like straight guys are just like, she has boobs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like guys are blinded by that type of thing. 
I worry for Clayton. I worry for you have to play sort of like as a girl, especially, you know, in middle school and high school in order to sort of like navigate the social trains of those ages. You have it's like a survival skill. Having grown up with sisters, two of them who I love very much, if they're listening, uh, they are rarely wrong when they're like, I don't like that girl. Now, sometimes they may like and later be like, turns out they're kind of crazy but if they've ever just been like flat out not like that person they're usually right so well what what I kind of stink at is okay so like a lot of times I'm well I, I like everybody that's my problem like do. I, I if really someone do kicked like you in the face if someone kicked you in the face you'd be like oh man that was a good kick right there <laughs> I think I just um I like to imagine that it's that I don't I try not to essentialize a person to one thing that they did or said. Uh And so I tend to be like, well, you know, that person said this really awful and did this really nasty thing. But one time (laughs) I saw them do a nice thing for someone too. So like I'm holding out, you know, so it takes a lot for me to like, really, like really forever, not like someone. I just have this theory that whatever gender you're attracted to, you have a blind. I don't know how that works for people who are pansexual or bisexual, but I feel like I've had girls who are friends and my sisters are like, I really like this guy. And it's like, he horrible. Get out of this. And I've had guy friends who are like, I like this girl. And I'm like, this is not, (laughs) this does not go well. And I've had guy friends who, uh, who like guys like, don't do it, man. This is not going to work out well. So that's all. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be a good study. Be a good study. I need to look that up. Okay. So we got to know a little bit more about Clayton. Any positive, positive, any, any positive red flags about him? Um, Anything like that? So I'll start with positives because I do want to talk about one of his red flags, but because you're a positive person, dang it. And you like people. That's what I like about Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. So a lot of people are like, you know, if there's anything we can all agree on this season, it's that we hate Clayton. But okay. So this is one thing that I found kind of endearing about him is he is so over his head. Like the, I do not know how they decided that he should be the bachelor. And That's not like, and here's why I'm saying this as a positive. There's something so endearing that he's just kind of a disaster. And already, you know, like on the first night, you know, you have like Matt James who comes out and gives us like a beautiful, like toast and he's like flawless and you love him. And like, you like Mm -hmm. prayed with them. Remember? And like, then you have like Clayton who's like, spilling drinks and like making out with too many people and like yeah he's and there's something about it that makes me sort of feel like this is just like an everyday person who like somehow got thrown into this and he's just doing his darndest and it's gonna be one heck of a ride He's very earnest. I like that about him. And he seems to be like, this is who I am. And said he spilled a drink. And uh, maybe if you're just a normal person, you're in over your head. 
because I was thinking like Pilot Pete was like very like clearly was not going to give anyone anything. He was very like you know guarded. Um, the other pilot, the guy that looked kind of like uh, um, Tom Cruise, that turned out to just be kind of a dick. I don't remember. I don't know if I was watching then. Or like the soccer player, right? They were very polished and very, I just feel like Clayton's just. Clayton is not polished. And here's the other thing. Like, I know I do not find, like Clayton is not my type. Like, I do not find him very handsome. Like, um, I don't know. Velka, sorry. Okay. But yeah, I don't, I just, he's like tall and beefy, but like, besides that, like, I just don't find him that, like, I find him like very, like, I think you would think he was handsome if you saw him in real life, right? Like if, Mm -hmm. if you're like in a bar on a regular evening and -hmm. you saw him in, you'd probably be like, whoa, there's a tall drink of water. Right. But like on TV, you're like, you just look kind of like a normal dude with more muscles. You know, he's got great dimples. He does have great dimples. He's got a good smile. Elaine has said several times he's her type. And I'm like, geez, now I'm gonna have to fight him if I ever meet him. Absolutely. I don't think that goes well for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the last part of our new uh, format. Oh, wait, you you had some red flags. Well, I'll talk about that in this next section cool perfect so the host number two is Dan, um and then she'll be host number one at some point coming up uh her job is wild card so she gets to pick a wild card concept just what do you want to talk about danielle it can be something you're an expert on it can be a thought you had so i wanted to talk about decision making and what it is that we can learn about decision making from these shows so i saw this on instagram um, so this isn't my cleverness, um, but I'll, I'll say it anyway, like it is <laughs> I'm on a scale of one to pilot Pete. How chaotic is Clayton's decision-making? And let's just start there for a moment. This is, what do I yeah. think? Yeah. I, you know, pilot Pete was like a whole, like, I think he is kind of the gold standard of like, not really like being invested but totally being there to have sex and charm women and i don't think clayton's there and i feel like pilot pete's all of his decisions were based on will this person sleep with me and can i get out of this relationship as quick as possible once we're done with it and i feel like clayton's too earnest so i'd put him below pilot pete um maybe more i think he's gonna be like jason mesnick where it's like, he's clearly a nice person, not great at decision-making where it's like, I felt like everything Jason Mesnick did, he was trying really hard, but he just needed someone to be like, Jason, pull it back, buddy. Let's take a second. Let's breathe. Like, uh, Melissa Rycroft is a very nice person. You clearly are not that into her. Like you clearly want the other girl. So I think that this is what's interesting to me is that part of the fun of watching the show is that you almost always think that the lead is making wrong decisions. Mm -hmm. We just came off of a season with Michelle who had 
was like the opposite of Clayton in certain ways. Like she had very clear boundaries and she knew how to hold them. And I think that that's going to be a huge challenge for him. It is undoing. <laughs> it is going to be. So, I mean, I think that he is so nice that I think that in an effort to be kind, he is going to make the wrong decisions. Um, where I think Pilot Pete was making the wrong decisions because he wanted sex, right? Like, you know, I think that it's like a little bit different. But I think that what's he interesting letting, to me. He was letting little Pete do the picking. Yes, yes. Um, I guess like what's interesting to me is that you know, Michelle choosing Nate, we were all like, what? Like, you know, we saw red flags, you ignored red flags. So it's not something as simple as like, I mean, you know, so I like started to really think about like what constitutes good decision-making on the show. And, and I did do a little bit of research um, because that's not something that I do research. And I, I did read an article on, oh gosh, I've, I'm like going to see if I can find it. I've done, I, I seriously have like 20 articles up right now though, um, because I'm working on the book. Um, so, um, well, what was interesting about this is it was, it was talking about adolescence and relationships and decision-making. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't know if I'm finding it. Um, oh yeah, here it is. I'll pull it up really quick. I can put oh, it in no. the show notes. Me too. Um, yeah, I'll find it later. But uh, the article was actually kind of talking about how people that don't make decisions in relationships, they were kind of talking about it. Do you let relationships slide or do you decide? So it's like called slide or decide. Oh. And um, sliding is basically when you let a relationship transition to a different stage without really deciding to move the relationship to a new stage. And, you know, unsurprisingly, right, the results were that people that were making conscious decisions about where their relationship was at versus just kind of like going with the flow (laughs) um, tended to have healthier, stronger relationships. So like, which isn't particularly surprising. But I, I was just trying to sort of think about, you know, watching these shows. What do we learn about, you know, decision making? And because um, I, I do think it's fascinating when we think people are really bad decision makers. And it seems like people have already decided that Clayton is pretty bad, especially because of his with previously engaged girl. Right. So Sally. That was nuts, right? Okay, one, I just want to say that Sally had like seven minutes of screen time, which means that she had almost as much screen time this episode as Clayton did <laughs> on all of Michelle's seasons. <laughs> so um, that's just kind of funny. But um, also like what was interesting to me is, and maybe we didn't see everything, but here's this girl that he doesn't know, kind of shows up to his room, is like crying, They have no, like, in disclosing really personal things when they have, like, no relationship. And, like, his response is, oh, we have a connection. Here's a rose. And 
on one hand, I'm like, I understand that he wanted to try to communicate to her. I want you to give this a shot. I'd like you to give this a shot. I'll like sort of support you and be there for you if that's what you decide. On the other hand, <laughs> you're like, this is really weird. Right. And um, I also was thinking about when do we confuse sort of like having emotions with emotional connection? A lot of research on that, that people misattribute, um, it's called misattribution emotions, you know, and it happens all the time. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think I'm, I'm a pretty empathetic person and I really like, I don't like to small talk with people. Like I'm like, Oh, hi, I just met you. Let's have a serious life conversation. Right. You tell me and, Ryan told, said one time you'll be at like an airport and like you and a lady, like someone will be crying. And he's like, what happened? It's like, you just met her. And she's like, well, her baby passed three years ago. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I'll just like meet someone and they'll just, I like um, people disclose pretty serious stuff to me really quickly. And, um, most of the time I kind of like this about myself, like it makes it for really interesting Mm -hmm. life, but because I will, and I ran into this a lot when I was younger, not as much anymore, but I'd have to be careful, especially in talking with guys. Right. Because I would think that I was just like listening and providing emotional support. And I think then they would be like, Oh, well, Danielle and I had some sort of romantic connection and I would be like no dude like I just sat with you through a hard thing and listened in an empathetic way (laughs) like that's what any human should just do for another human that doesn't mean that I like want to make out with you right Um, and so like I do think that like that's a hard that sometimes when somebody is expressing empathy for someone that it's intimate and that we have a hard time sometimes distinguishing between just like regular old human intimacy and romantic intimacy. It's worse because social is, you know, and then there's a lot of research around and to have very side by side relationships. And so they do things or stuff. So they play golf, they build fences. Um, we call very face to relationships. I think it's very natural for a woman to sit down. I don't think this is biological. I think this is socialized, almost totally a socialization thing, but women are very comfortable sitting down and talking. Um, but men don't do that with sex, you know, friends, um, if, if sexual, and then, um, they usually only do that with women that they have a relationship with. Yeah. And so I think yeah. there's this weird misattribution that like, if a woman sits down and, is interested in what I'm saying emotionally, then they must like me. Yeah. Um, where it's not that the woman's just being a very good person. Yes. And so, and I, I kind of felt like that was a little bit of what was going on with like Clayton and Sally, right. That like, she's like, Hey, I'm going through a tough time. And she went in there to sort of go, I don't know if I can be on the show and I want to mm-hmm. offer you an explanation but he sort of like read it as, oh, she needs some confirmation that I'm going to support her to be here. And I think read her, ironically, her emotional response to her failed engagement as like them connecting. I think he's got a hero complex. Like, I think he wants to be the, uh, what was the, 
Missouri religion, wild at heart. Oh yeah. And, which I think we've done research on, right? Ryan. Um, yeah. He's done some. Mm-hmm. I think he has that very like men save women. And like, this is this emotionally wrecked woman and I'm going to jump in and save her. And it's like, man, you've known her for three minutes. Like take a step, breathe, let her make her decision. And then let her like, let her go on her way. Like you don't have to be there and save that person. Um, so. Do you think there were a lot um I think it's kind of rare that in a very first episode, you would see two people leave the show. I thought that was really interesting. And I think she probably makes a reappearance. Why would they give that much time to somebody who's just going to be gone under the seas, right? I don't know, because there's all this drama, though, where people were, okay, so Bachelor Data kind of went through the timeline and it doesn't kind of add up the timeline she, around where she her engagement broke off and yeah and now there's pictures of her um she's recently posted pictures of her with her fiance well her ex-fiance and so there's some questions are like are they back together and then all of a sudden she did pull everything off of social media um, but I know Bachelor Data had some, they had taken screenshots ahead of time. So like, there's kind of a joke that like their tagline should be, we we have receipts, right? Um, but it, so I kind of thought that too, Bill. And then I was like, one, if that's kind of what they're going for, they should have taken care of the social media stuff beforehand. And yeah, I just, I thought that's where they were going. And now though, some of the stuff that's come across social media, I'm like, maybe not. Well, I wonder if she comes back, but he turns her away, but they needed to have that information out there, you know, so that it wasn't this like, why should we care when she comes back? You know, I want to make sure that the story is set up. I thought that it made for a fantastic first episode. Because I I sometimes find the first episodes, all the limo stuff, like I Mm. I don't, it's interesting, but it's kind of like when you've watched enough of these seasons, you know, it's not that interesting. It gets very rote. And yes. And so like this, this kind of was a different sort of season. I also sort of have some empathy for Clayton because I think a lot of times the person that's the bachelor, you know, was like a runner up on the bachelorette or something. And so people really love this person and like the person, even though they dealt with a breakup and some rejection, it's also like, yeah, but like you made it pretty far. Right. We're like, Clayton is this guy that everybody (laughs) hates and like, nobody understands why he's the bachelor. And on top of that, like he didn't make it that far. And so like, I think part of what makes him endearing and you kind of have empathy for him is that you kind of do feel like, oh, this is barely starting. And this poor guy's like, he's in charge and yet he's still getting rejected. Yeah. I, I would like to point out that I do not hate him. (laughs) It's very vanilla. Enjoy a good bumbling person. And I feel like it's like when you, when you start to see a disaster starting to happen and it's fascinating, it's before the point where you're like, Oh no, this could really be bad where you're kind of like, well, I want to see how this turns out. Like, 
you know um i feel like that was the first couple episodes are going to be like that but i have a feeling it's going to feel bad for him yeah lessons learned so i don't know if this is a lesson learned so much as something that i'm going to keep thinking about and and that's related to kind of what i was talking about before is i really am kind of fascinated in how people how fans um of the show make sense of decision making as it occurs on the show and so i just want to pay start paying attention and see if i can start noticing some patterns and the way that we talk about people's decision making um and what that maybe can teach us because i i do think that that's not something i had been thinking about quite as much before i need to do a dive on the search engine not with decision making and like if people are happier when they actively make a decision, even if it's a decision or mm-hmm. happier when they make, they don't make a decision bad versus the right. Like, so you really got a bit like a quadrangle, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can make a good, decision, you can make a bad decision. You can have a bad and you can make a decision or have a bad thing happen to you where you didn't, or a good thing where you didn't and where people are most happy. Typically, we call that an interaction effect, you know, if there's like they change. So don't worry, guys, I'll get on here with SPSS, maybe throw down some Israel, like show you. I realize we're trying to take this up a notch and there's nothing there more entertaining than people watching me do. So (laughs) if you can teach me statistics in a way that I'd understand, I will give you a gold star. Yell is the best sticker I know. I got some good stickers. So Uh, my lesson learned is that you should buy a planner that works for you. And I know (laughs) you're like, he's joking. No, I had never heard anyone say that. And I have like through my life planners and used them and then been like, I don't want this. Uh, But I feel like someone should have just told me that, like find one that you use. So yeah, well, you like suffered through though, the one that I recommended you last year. No, I did. I liked it. I liked it. That's why I bought the same one. I just needed, I wanted times um, in it. You needed a different layout. And I did, but everything else I like. So now if you can see, I have my times. So I Yours is vertical, like, like a Google calendar. uh, I like vertical. So probably do you organize your day thinking about time or do you organize your day based on tasks? I organize my day based on time. But that's, so if that's, you organize your, your day based on time, you probably need a vertical layout. If you organize your day based on tasks, you probably want to find a horizontal layout. I used to do it based on tasks. my new positions. Like my schedule gets so eaten up that I have to be able to see where do I have blocks to do stuff. So, yeah. oh my God, this has been so entertaining. And like, it has taught me so much. Go out, Danielle. Thank you. Absolutely. We tried to make this faster, and I think it was exactly the same amount of time as we always are. Time for people to hear what they really want to hear, which is you and me talking about whatever we find entertaining. So, (laughs) the Bill and Danielle and Kim show. Next week um, is is it you and Kim? I don't. I have no idea. recording rotation next week is kim and bill so 
Kim will be lead host. So she makes the outline and I host. So if you have any suggestions for us uh, on how to change the show around, we are more than open. Batchadami at gmail.com. All right. So second host gets a shout out. Miss off, Danny. Sure. Have, a, have a great week, you all. Um, embrace the fresh start of a new year. Everybody, have a great rest of your week. You've been listening to Batchadamia with your hosts, Drs. Daniel Dick McGue and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at batchadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at batchadamia. Thanks for listening.